The last five psalms, Psalm 146 through Psalm 150, each begin the exact same way. Praise ye the Lord. As we enter the season of thanksgiving and praise, Scott is walking us through this crescendo of praise, a study he is calling the Hallelujah Chorus. In our busy lives, we must make time to praise the Lord, not only for what He's given us, but praise the Lord for who He is. And when our heart is filled with praise, we are ready for worship. Let's join Scott now for today's study. I love the way in Scripture how the Lord uses contrast, and He does it because He's showing you that on every extreme, He's God, that from one end of the spectrum to the other, uh, the Lord is in control. That's the pattern you find in Psalm 148. Now, we're learning here that there must be praise in our home life, hallelujahs in the home, and we're looking at all the dimensions of that. In the first six verses, we have seen the heights of praise. Remember, he takes us all the way to the heavens, to the heights, into the very throne room of God where the angels are singing praise. So, we're, we're lifted above earth. Now when you come to the section beginning in verse number 7, we're taken to the depths of praise, literally from one extreme to the other. So listen to verses 7 through 10. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons, and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beast and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl. Uh, do you see what he's doing? Listen to the list. These are all things that live on the earth or things that we deal with here on the earth. Uh, in verse number 7, he takes you to the depths of the ocean, to the dragons, to the deeps. In verse number 8, you have fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Uh, you're dealing with, with natural things. You're dealing with uh, weather. Uh, you're dealing with uh, physical matters and material matters all around us. And I do love this thought that even the stormy wind fulfills his word. Uh, in Jonah's storm, it was the word uh, that controlled the wind. In the storm that the disciples were in in the middle of the night, it was the word of God that controlled the coming of it and the departing of it. Maybe you're in a storm today. The wind is blowing violently and you think, Lord, where are you in all of this? Just remember this. All of it is under the control of the word of the living God. Uh, in verse number 9, he takes you to the mountains and to the hills, uh, to the fruit trees, and then to the cedars. In verse number 10, he takes you to the, to the pasture, and he takes you to cattle and to all other beasts and animals that, that creep along the earth. Then he takes you to the birds, the flying fowl. I love this. Everything you see and observe around you, here on this planet, ought to be a reminder of who your God is, and it ought to lead you to praise the name of the Lord. We get so agitated, don't we? So annoyed by human beings, so aggravated by circumstances. We all do it. Could I just recommend to you that there is a, a simplicity uh, to praise? The simplicity of praise is that it, it cuts through all of the fray, all the peripheral things, to what the Lord has given us, and it sees in that the goodness and kindness of the Lord. You know what it leads you to do? Say hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't the Lord good to us? And so we move from the heights of praise 
to the depths of praise, literally to all of creation. Let me give you a New Testament parallel to this in Luke chapter number 19. Uh, the Bible says in Luke 19 verse 37, you know the story when Christ is riding into the city of Jerusalem, his triumphal entry. When he was now come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Have you ever pondered that expression? The rocks would cry out in praise. You know what he's saying? He's saying all of creation recognizes who I am and you should. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad when it's easier for the Lord to get the rocks to praise him than the religious people. Uh, that all of creation sings his praises today, but it's human beings that are too consumed with themselves and concerned about what they want done to acknowledge who their God is. Uh, you see, I'm trying to, to show you from this amazing psalm, Psalm 148, that you don't have to wait till Sunday to praise God. In fact, you shouldn't wait till Sunday. You should begin praising him right now, and you should begin praising him in your home. Where do children learn to worship? Where does another generation learn to give God thanks? They don't learn that from the pastor. They learn that first from their parents. Someone has to tell the next generation how to truly praise and worship God, and that, friends, must begin in our home. Look, if you want a real revival, a spiritual awakening, let that start around your dinner table. I remember one night having a family meal. All of the children were home that night, and we, we had a great time. I'd recommend that to you. Leave your phones in the other room. Turn the TV off. Just have a meal. Talk. People open up around a table. It's fascinating. And uh, in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit really convicted me because we were talking about school and work and travel and vacation and and neighbors, and all, all of the things that touch life, you see. But we had not spoken anything about the Lord. And I remember specifically that particular night because I said, let's go around the table and everybody share something you're grateful for, something God's teaching you, something you're learning, some answer to prayer. And the kids started. And it was one of the most wonderful conversations. I mean, the whole, the whole conversation lifted to a, to a higher plane, or maybe I should say to a deeper level, uh, because it wasn't just communication. It was communion. It wasn't just uh, head level, mind to mind. It was heart to heart. We were all talking about the goodness of God. We were worshiping the Lord. I remember years ago hearing the story of Thomas Boston. He went into a certain village, began to pastor, preached, prayed. Uh, nobody got saved. Nothing good happened. And so in despair, he finally started setting appointments in individual homes, meeting with families, he said the first thing he observed is that there were a lot of people in those homes that weren't saved. He would go around the room and say, tell me how each of you came to know Jesus as your Savior. And he said he found out he had a lot of lost church members, and he had the privilege to lead many of them to Christ. But then he initiated something in each one of those homes. He would read the Bible and have a prayer, pray over each family member. And then he would say to the head of the household, now what I've just done with your family, you should do with your family every day. And so he set up what he called family altars. That's a term that's really unfamiliar today because, frankly, it's not done much. And he challenged moms and dads to begin reading the Bible with their children, praying together, talking about spiritual things in their homes. 
He said in a matter of weeks, revival broke out in their town. The church house was full. People were getting saved. Um, amazing things were happening, answers to prayer. And do you know where it started? It didn't start with a pastor preaching better sermons. It started with families worshiping God and praising the Lord in their homes. And so I want to challenge you to take Psalm 148 and make it your family psalm for a few days. And most of all, learn the, the overriding principle of the whole section. Learn that hallelujahs are not just religious jargon reserved for religious services. It's a way of life. It's a spirit. It's an attitude towards God. And that must begin in our hearts. And that must begin in our homes. We've seen the heights of praise and the depths of praise. We'll return to the next couple of verses in Psalm 148. I hope you'll, you'll study it for yourself because in our next study, we'll, we'll come back to the breadth of praise. I can't wait to show you this from the Word of God. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord today. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. We here at Enjoying the Journey are thankful for you, our listeners. It is always such an encouragement for us to hear how God is using the ministry of Enjoying the Journey. All of the resources we provide are free, all because of the support of listeners just like you. While we believe your tithes should be given to your local church, we are always grateful to have Christians from around the country to partner with us as God leads. All gifts are tax deductible. You can visit our website, enjoyingthejourney.org, and click Donate in the upper right-hand corner. You can make a one-time investment or set up reoccurring gifts. However God leads you to partner with us, thank you. And we hope you'll join us next time on Enjoying the Journey.